0: Hi everybody, Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Locked On Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network,
1: your team every day. Hello, everybody,
0: and welcome into another episode of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. It's so great to have you here with us on this Wednesday. We're talking about Duke Men's Hoops, or Tuesday, I should say. As Duke was able to defeat Bellarmine last night by a score of 74 to 57. The Blue Devils are now four and one on the year. We're going to discuss all of that here on today's show. Lockdown Blue Devils is a daily podcast devoted to everything going on in the life of Duke Athletics. You can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils and follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Be sure to follow and subscribe to our podcast for free. Wherever you get your podcasts, we're out every day of the week, weekdays. We've got a brand new show for you. Go and subscribe and also make sure you watch the show daily on YouTube as well. Really trying to grow that YouTube audience on our march towards a thousand subscribers. Your support of Lockdown Blue Devils on the YouTube platform means the absolute world. Joining me on today's show, I'm very thrilled. To bring back in a good buddy of mine, Ryan Loman at the Duke Nation on Twitter, to recap last night's win. Ryan, the time is greatly appreciated. It's been a little bit since we last spoke, and now all of a sudden uh, we're five games into the basketball season. Hope you're doing well, man.
1: Hey, man. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. It was funny. The last time we chatted, we were talking about so many like unknowns and everything, and I still feel like there's still a lot of unknowns with this team in the lineup, but... Um, It's good to have a little bit more clarity um, and just fun to have Duke basketball back to watch. And now we get to watch them on Thanksgiving again, which is which is awesome. Look, it's
0: great to have more wins than losses at any point. And (laughs) I think oftentimes as a Duke basketball fan, you can take your schedule for granted. But we Mm -hmm. have seen tons of programs like big name programs have really tough nights shooting the basketball or doing a variety of different things. And, yes, there's the Kansas game, but but that's a really big program that Duke was able to take on in the Champions Classic. Shout out to Duke for being able to take care of business against those other four opponents that they were able to put away.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You look at teams like Gonzaga and Kentucky who have both – well, Kentucky, Gonzaga beating beating Kentucky pretty bad, but before that uh, – against texas it just looks like teams are starting, are struggling to find their way right now and um i think duke's game against kansas in my opinion wasn't that big of a letdown sure they, they kind of choked it away and they couldn't finish but um i think there's a lot of coachable things that came from that game and you saw it a lot in the the bellarmine game with uh the ball movement was a lot more the last four minutes of that kansas game we just we didn't move the ball the, the ball seemed uh, they seemed to play a little bit more iso than they should have been jeremy roach kind of uh try to do a little bit of takeover. It seemed like, and it just, they weren't doing what was working the whole time. And that was moving the ball, getting the ball in a flip's hands and, and making plays. So seeing them come back last night and doing what they did uh, with a lot of really good ball movement that opened up a lot of guys for uh, the first half shooting, I think over 50% from three, obviously that's that number comes down a little bit and uh which is expected to, but um just good to see them learning and taking strides in the right direction and making adjustments after uh some failures in, in a game. So uh yeah. And I, Seeing Kentucky struggle kind of quite a bit in the last two games against some good opponents, and, and Gonzaga makes you feel a little bit better. Even UNC struggled a little bit against some uh, mediocre opponents in the first half and even late in the second half. So uh, it, it just it takes time. We're in November. We've got a long season ahead of us. So
0: No doubt. And, I mean, this Bellarmine team defeated Louisville, and Louisville's having a really, really tough year, and, and yeah. they're not going to end up where they want to this season. But still, Louisville's a, a damn good basketball program. And that's what I'm – you just can't take these things for granted. So, heck no. of a job by John Shire getting off to a good start this season here in uh, in 2022. So, uh, for Duke basketball in particular, if you were to give me one bright spot, what's impressed you most? You can only pick one thing. What would it be so far to start the year, Ryan?
1: I would love to, like, come at you and give you some, some like, cool hot take. But, like, it's Kyle Filipowski at this point. I mean, he's got double figures in every game. I think two or three double-doubles. Uh, just – for a guy who came in and, and scouts at practices were saying he was underwhelming and kind of everybody was maybe even knocking him out of the starting lineup to him doing what he's doing and being back-to-back ACC Rookie of the Week, it's just been super impressive. I, I didn't I didn't watch a ton of him in high school, but from what I saw, I, I didn't I wasn't convinced his game would translate, so I thought he'd be a little bit slower and not as big. And he came in big and, and ready to prove himself. And so, uh, yeah, I'd say Flip has been my biggest bright spot so far.
0: Yeah, no, he's been awesome to watch. Three double-doubles already this year, had another 18.8 rebound performance. Uh, He's the first freshman ever to start a career with three consecutive double-doubles. And in the past two games, he's finished with the identical stat line of 18 points and eight rebounds. It's been really fun to see him um, be so versatile offensively. I think we expected that with the outside shooting. But Duke's actually making it a, a concerted effort to give him a couple of post touches as well. And he's done an effective job down there too.
1: Yeah. And the, the funny thing is I was just trying to pull up a tweet. I, I don't. I think it was when him and Lively are on the floor together, Duke is like plus 42 or something like that, which uh, coming into the season was a question for me is how well those two can gel on the floor. And it seemed to work well. Um, obviously Lively isn't an, a huge offensive threat so far this season. He's more of a defender, rim protector, and floor runner. Um, but just being able to see those two make it work on the floor together is is awesome. Just flips versatility, man. I mean, he's going up. He's seven foot with a big wingspan and and can do and can bring the ball to court if we needed him to. Uh, it's it's just been fun to see, and hopefully, lively can take the steps needed for from an offensive standpoint to um, continue improving and 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 proving why he was the number one uh, recruit in the nation.
0: Look, I asked you a a very open-ended question, and and you went with Kyle Filipowski, and there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever when you think what's been the most impressive thing so far, what's been the bright spot that you want to highlight. For me, what was coming to mind instantly was the defensive effort that we've seen from Duke, and that's something that uh, oftentimes, Ryan, it's not that fun to talk about. It's pretty boring uh, because, you know, look, everybody wants to see the ball go into the basket, but when you're preventing the team from doing that, You're off to amazing things. Duke is a top 10 team nationally in scoring defense. They're just not giving up a whole lot of points. I still go back to their game they had against South Carolina Upstate, uh, only giving up 38 points in a 40-minute basketball game. I don't care who the opponent is in Division I hoops. When you make it that much of an effort to lock your opponent down, giving up 57 points last night, and this is where we remind you of all of the newcomers that yeah. this Duke squad has when defense relies so much on communication and being in the right place at the right time. I mean, my, oh my, I've been so thrilled with what we've seen defensively.
1: Yeah, and it's definitely not something that I would have... Yeah, you make a good point. That probably was a better one than Flip, but it, it's it's kind of something I never even thought about coming into this season was like how much better the defense could be this year. Um, like you said, it's not like we're you don't look at our team and think like defensive uh, defensive player defensive mind of players like Mark Mitchell defensive player sure Whitehead sure but he's been out for the most part Um Ryan Young I mean not really a rim protector and then you got lively who had not played uh for the first couple games and he comes back and he's done really well so it's but there's it's not like the 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 players or the names jump out at you as like high level defenders. Um, but I think a lot of it starts with the backcourt and Roach and Proctor have played really good defense. There's been times where Roach has fallen asleep, but or gotten taken advantage of for his size, but Proctor's done really well and Roach for the most part has held his own. So, and then you bring guys in like Jalen Blakes, who who's got a huge wingspan and defensively that goes a long way. I, I probably could have used him as the bright spot too, because he's been uh, far and beyond what I would have expected from him this year, which is outstanding. And, um, his defensive effort is there, and his uh, leadership, you can just see he's just oozing with with competitiveness and yeah. wants to win. And so I think with that backcourt there, uh, it's gone a long way on the defensive end, and obviously it's showing.
0: That's the best thing about an open-ended question is that we've got many different directions we could go because I do want to give some love to our guy Jalen Blakes. I don't think many people saw his play Coming to this level this early in the season. So we'll take our first time out on the program, highlight a little bit more about the win over Bellarmine last night when Lockdown Blue Devils returns here in just a moment. Lockdown Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends over at Upside. Inflation is just a big topic in our country these days, and inflation has us all thinking about various ways to cut back, whether it's driving less dining out less, or buying less from the grocery store, we can all agree there is nothing, nothing fun about less. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. It's pretty much everybody. Upside, I don't have to cut back because I get cash back on every purchase. To get started, download the free Upside app, use my promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase. Purchase of $10 or more. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED. L-O-C-K-E-D. Upside is a proud sponsor of Locked On Blue Devils. Welcome back into the program here today. J.J. Jackson alongside my buddy Ryan Loman at the Duke Nation on Twitter. He runs quite an impressive Twitter empire, uh, so make sure you go follow that page for all of your exclusive coverage of Duke men's basketball. A win last night for the Blue Devils against Bellarmine, 74-57, the final score of that one. And, uh, Ryan, a, a good game from Jacob Grandison with a uh, 16 points, second-most points, for the Blue Devils this season, tell me a little bit about Grandison's play so far this year.
1: Yeah, he he was he's been kind of uh, up and down might be the wrong word because he didn't play he he kind of got benched against Kansas, which was interesting. I uh, didn't didn't play it all in the second half because he he struggled from three and uh, on the defensive side. But last night it was great to see him kind of come out of his shell a little bit. Um, he's shooting thirty five percent from three from the season. Uh, last night yeah <clears throat> what did he go for last night six of nine that's just I feel like around that seven to nine spot is a perfect amount of shots for him if if they're falling that means you're going to get a lot of uh, output from him which obviously we saw last night um, it, it's interesting because uh, he's a type that I feel like it, as long as he's his his role is just a little bit more than kind of like that spot-up shooter sit in the corner type because he can he can uh, slash and cut to the basket with some ease uh, but he's kind of the type that you're kind of hoping for every game or two can come out and do what he did last night. Um, defensively, I haven't really watched him as closely as I probably should have. Um, but offensively, it looks like he has the, the skills to be a uh, a perfect sixth or seventh man for this team, especially if he continues uh, shooting it the way he has this year. Um but, yeah, he, he loves that corner spot and, and his ability, from a, as a veteran at least, to get open uh, when, without and move around without the ball is what has impressed me the most so far.
0: We're, we're seeing the depth of the Stukman's mm-hmm. basketball team. And the ACC Network, their broadcast last night, highlighted Grandison's play in particular, talking about the fact that in that Kansas game he's only out there for 10 minutes. Uh, but you see in last night's game, 26 minutes for Grandison, the third most minutes on the team, only trailing Roach and Proctor. In that regard, and I think that's going to be the the kind of trend of Duke men's basketball this season, Ryan, is that uh, they are so deep early in his coaching career. Again, five games into the career, John Shire does appear to be uh, someone that will play more of his guys on the bench than Mike Krzyzewski would throughout his coaching career. Uh, and so the depth has been really impressive to see so far this year.
1: Yeah, I, I I still part of me wants to take it with a grain of salt because I do think there was times last year, which uh, is fair, where well, not last year, but in in years past, where K has gone eight to nine to sometimes even ten deep in the in November. Um, but I will say doing it consistently, like we this this didn't change with Kansas outside of Grandison getting the ten minutes. Um, for the most part, it was the same. It, we played nine guys there as well. I believe I don't think shoot uh, shoot got in there, but. Um, but it was even
0: one less too. Cause Dariq Whitehead wasn't available.
1: Yeah. Great point. So there, he's playing most of the guys that he's that he thinks he has available to him. Um, I said it last night on Twitter that I do find it interesting, the amount of different lineups we've seen on the floor at one time. And, and people have complained a little bit about inconsistency. And I I mean, I think that's just a coach trying to figure out what the rotation is going to be. There hasn't been a set rotation yet. Come ACC play, there is most likely going to be a set rotation or three or so different lineups he's going to go with. He's going to have a small ball lineup uh, from an offensive standpoint. He'll have the defensive lineup, which he played last night um, a little bit with, I I believe it was uh, Mark Lively, Blake's uh, Proctor, and – Whitehead and so that that's more of a defensive lineup. So I think I think right now it's just playing with the lineup. You get to ACC play and there's going to be a set rotation and whether that has nine guys or not. At this point I'd probably say it will be just based on the performance of guys like Blakes and Grandison who coming in and Young as well who coming into the season uh you probably didn't slate as uh three guys that would see much meaningful minutes. So um just Blooding Shire tinker with the lineup, see what he likes with these, with these matchups um, and then getting an ACC play and having a set rotation or two. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that.
0: Really big night shooting the basketball last night for Duke 14 makes from three point range on 35 attempts, only 11, three po- or free throws attempted by Duke. That's because so many of their shots are coming from the outside. But when you look at the game in particular, Duke did a really nice job uh, of driving into the lane, and then all of a sudden you find wide-open shooters. I didn't feel like there were a lot of really bad shots taken by Duke last night. That number is kind of eye-popping to see 35-shot attempts of your 55 being from three-point range. Uh, But uh, did you kind of have the same sentiment that uh, I'm really not overwhelmed by the number of three-pointers given that they were such open looks?
1: yeah 100 agree they, and it's, it's so weird to see stats where you're shooting 20 more three-pointers or you're shooting yeah it's 55 30 yeah, it's 20 20 more three-pointers than you are uh of uh of two-pointers and it's just weird that uh it didn't felt like they were forced the second half they struggled a lot more than they did in the first half um and so I wasn't mad about the shot selection because they're mostly open. Uh, Maybe not so much coming from Mitchell and Blake's would be a little bit better, but Hey, they're open. Mitchell made a few in the first half kind of got him probably feeling himself a little bit. And then uh, Blake's has knocked down a few this season as well. So no, I think um, when the opportunities are there, you take them. And last night we did, unfortunately for the most part of the first half and for a little bit of the second half, they were falling. So I have no, I had no issues with the, with the shot selection. Um, I would like to see Derek Lively get a little bit more involved. Uh, not giving him post up plays because that's not really the way he is. But running, he he's been pretty open off pick and rolls, and I like to see them kind of do. Doesn't have to be lobs every time, but get him running to the basket and and give him the ball with momentum going downhill. He can be dangerous, man. Not many guys at seven one can do things he can do, especially against smaller teams. So I'd love to see a little bit more of that, uh, at least in the coming with the PK eighty five coming up. Get him more involved.
0: Duke wins 74-57 against Bellarmine. Duke is now 4-1 and on the year as they downed the Knights last night inside Cameron Indoor Stadium. Uh, Duke led by 8 at halftime in the second half. The game stayed between a 12- and 18-point lead for Duke. So uh, never really out of question that Duke would be able to win the basketball game but still, credit to bellerman They made shots when they needed to. And then on the offensive end of the floor, as we said in the second half, some of those shots just weren't falling as much for Duke compared to what was taking place there in the first half of competition. Last thing I want to touch on with this, uh, it rebounding, Ryan, has also been really impressive from mm-hmm. Duke so far this season. Last night you saw eight rebound efforts from Tyrese Proctor and Kyle Filipowski. Ryan Young grabbed seven boards. And Duke, as a team, is in the top six nationally in rebounding margin, total rebounds, and offensive rebounding. Only them and the Alabama Crimson Tide rank top six in both of those categories. I mean, wow. really impressive what Duke's been able to do rebounding the basketball.
1: Yeah, I love those stats you just dropped. I didn't yeah. realize were that high in both, so that's, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I think <laughs> the one that surprised me the most is Proctor, right? I mean, I know he's a big – Big bodied guard at 6'5", but averaging almost six rebounds a game. We're getting 10 from Filipowski, a guy who I would have expected to maybe get <clears throat> uh, around five, maybe six, just with guys like Young and, and Lively out there to to gather those up as well. But Proctor getting six is, is kind of the, the bright spot to me. Um, he's just a guy who is just a ball hawk. He's always, whether it's on defense or or crashing the boards, he's always there. It just seems like the ball's a magnet to him, and so seeing that from a guard is is really good. And and stuff like that, man, that, that really comes in handy in March when uh, sometimes stuff when fifty fifty balls aren't going your way, and you got a you got a six five guard who's crashing the boards like that. Uh, that, that definitely goes a long way. So that's a huge thing. And I'd, I'm interested to see how that number keeps up after this weekend and, and after Iowa next week, if we can keep staying in that top 10 to 15 in rebounding in the country, and especially on the defensive side, uh, that's a good sign for things to come once ACC play, ACC play gets here.
0: Third in the country in offensive rebounds at 19.3 offensive boards per game, which is an insane number so far. Uh, Duke had 11 more offensive rebounds. Last night against Bellarmine. All right, let's take our final time out here on the program today. We'll wrap up our conversation with Ryan Lohman when we return in just a moment here on Lockdown Blue Devils. Lockdown Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online, your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at Bet Online. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Moving forward here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils, our final few moments alongside my buddy Ryan Lohman at the Duke Nation on Twitter. Uh, you guys do a lot of really exciting things covering Duke basketball. Ryan, tell me a little bit about everything you've got going on throughout the year.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, we started up our our uh, live show post game show with uh, Zion and and Russ, who who runs Duke better. Um, and so uh, after the hopefully a PK eighty five championship game on Sunday, we'll be running it back again. But yeah, mainly a weekly show uh, during the season that just recaps the game, talks about the upcoming games. Um, normally do it after one normally it's two games per week so we do with a bigger game of the week there um, and so yeah that's a fun show and then I'm, I'm normally always live tweeting during games giving my opinions which sometimes can people will say are hot takes are a little bit uh, outlandish but I kind of like playing that role it's, it's fun gets people going gets the conversation going so uh, it is what it is but yeah man it, it's a fun time and we're, we're just getting started so a lot more to come
0: all right, so we've got the the PK eighty five coming up this week, as we said, starting on Thursday with Oregon State, and then Duke on Friday. We'll play the winner of Florida and Xavier, and then Sunday, if things go according to plan, if wins go according to plan for Duke, and if Gonzaga wins both of their games, the next Sunday we'll see a Duke versus Gonzaga matchup. Uh, in your mind, what are you uh, hoping to see out of Duke in the PK eighty five? What what's the one big thing that um, you know we just haven't seen enough of yet this season?
1: yeah, I think it's it's consistency on the offensive side. Uh, not not letting the ISO ball sneak back in kind of like it did against Kansas. Um, teams like Florida and Xavier aren't the greatest teams. I guess I, I don't follow them closely, but I know Florida <clears throat> lost to Florida Atlantic, I believe, and Xavier just lost a close one to a good Indiana team. so, um just taking care of business against teams that you should i get it it's november things can happen but uh those that game not that those those teams scare me there's, there's those kind of games with possibly gonzaga looming after that you get a bit of a little a look ahead syndrome um and so just making sure that the guys are, are focused on the task at hand especially against teams that are uh, going to be playing a little bit of chip on their shoulder going up against a young duke team with with john shire at the helm so uh but yeah offensive consistency i i'm interested to see it on a with a three-game tournament, if we can keep up that defensive intensity, uh, especially against a team like Gonzaga if we get there, uh, and rebounding as well, because obviously Drew Timmy, Julian Strother, those are some really good and big guys who who go, who go crash the boards as well as anybody. So uh, I would love to get this team against Gonzaga. I, I'm i not saying I'd be the most confident, but I, obviously Gonzaga is shown to be beatable. Texas gave us a blueprint on that, and so – um, I trust our coaching staff, but that would be a really, really good test, even better than I think Kansas was uh, in the in the Champions Classic. So that's what I'm hoping for.
0: Yeah, so we take a look at this game, and again, on Thursday, on Thanksgiving Day, 3 p.m. Eastern, you'll be able to watch Duke take on Oregon State, uh, which is no team to look past whatsoever, for the Blue Devils to open up the PK-85. Uh, but also the the last thing I kind of want to highlight here, Ryan, getting set for a weekend in which Duke could play – three games over a four-game stretch. Many people want to see what the play of Derek Whitehead and Derek Lively the second looked like because uh, through the first part of the year, again, you can count on one hand at this point the number of games those guys have played wearing the Duke basketball jersey. They're still trying to work back into game shape themselves, and uh, they really haven't had moments, or I should say stat lines or anything like that that would really surprise you or amaze you anything like that. So I'm curious to see um, kind of as these guys continue to get back into game shape, how their play develops.
1: Yeah, I completely forgot about Darika during the break. I was thinking I need to bring him up. I, I am curious to see the amount of burn he gets and how how well he looks because <clears throat> obviously two games in your college career, I'm not one to bring up uh, a bunch of stuff and you're coming off an injury uh, but he just kind of has looked lost and his, his explosiveness wasn't there last night he may, he had that dunk on, on I believe was a breakaway and um I'm not saying he needs to jump and touch the top of the backboard but it didn't look like the derek I would seen in high school he, he I don't want to say he struggled to get above the rim but it wasn't just one of those flush dunks that you would normally expect out of out of a six seven six eight or six 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 seven guy like Derek and the athleticism he has so trying to see who, what they use him like this this weekend especially against a little bit higher caliber opponents and seeing just how much more comfortable he can get because it hasn't looked very comfortable and i that's no slight to Derek; he's going to be a phenomenal player this year it's just how much ramp up time is he going to need after coming off that that somewhat serious injury with the broken foot um and see where where that plays out this weekend
0: A lot of big things ahead for Duke men's basketball, and hopefully we could see both Lively and uh, Whitehead get back into great playing shape and put together great performances for the Blue Devils as well. Ryan, as always, it's an absolute pleasure to catch up with you and talk all things Duke basketball. Thanks again for stopping by the podcast today. I really appreciate it.
1: Absolutely, man. Already looking forward to the next time.
0: All right, that's my good pal Ryan Lohman. Give him a follow on Twitter, at the Duke Nation, to watch and follow his coverage of Duke men's basketball. That's going to wrap up today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. We'll be back at it tomorrow. Our good pal Jason Jordan, the director of college basketball recruiting for Sports Illustrated, will be back by for another recruiting look back. You can look forward to watching and listening to that here unlocked on Blue Devils. Subscribe to us on your podcast feed. Also subscribe on YouTube as well. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.